Another episode of the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast, Halloween Spooktacular Edition. I got five on it. You know, like, I was waiting for the chorus of that song, and I just thought it came up much faster. So we're talking about Five Nights at Freddy's today, the brand new movie that just came out that's a worldwide sensation. Who who saw that coming? I, I, I certainly didn't. But here we are. We're going to talk about it. And... Uh, we're not going to do the uh, watch-along like we have in previous episodes of uh, the Cinemaster Spooktacular, uh, of Halloween Spooktacular, because this is a new movie, and I, I kind of don't want to just like spoil it if you are a fan of the show and you do want to listen to us. Uh, it's, it's streaming on Peacock now. It's in theaters. It's doing incredibly well. I'm sure Universal are kicking themselves right now by doing the the peacock streaming at the same time because there's no doubt they're leaving money on the table by not making it a, a you know a theatrical exclusive uh or you know maybe it's bringing them in new subscribers too i mean that's that's something you got to consider as well we don't know they don't tell us how that works we just have to guess but yeah five nights at freddy's just came out um and I am going to talk about this with my usual co-host from the North, Mr. Adam Peterson. What's up, Adam? Yellow. Adam, this is a movie that sort of came up on our radar, and it I, I personally didn't have a whole lot of interest in it, but some things have changed, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in this situation where Five Nights at Freddy's is a movie that everyone wants to see. And part of that is this sort of sudden uh, emergence of good and quality video game adaptations to movies with Sonics 1 and 2, the Super Mario Brothers movie, the Gran Turismo movie that came out earlier this year, which is something that as a video gamer for my entire life, I have not had the privilege of enjoying. It, it's usually just sort of always been this, you know, be happy that it's, you're watching a movie with Super Mario in it. Even if Super Mario is Bob Hoskins and Luigi. Just be happy with what you got. (laughs) But that's the way it was. And, you know, occasionally we'd get a decent one with Mortal Kombat back in the 90s. And I, the thing about that is you, you go back and try to watch that now and it's not very good, but it was, it was just enough back then. And that was sort of like the gold standard for a long time. And then the Resident Evil movies came out, and they were like, okay. But you always had this sort of 
feeling that yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna draw in the fans of the series but we're really just gonna sort of kind of give you a movie based on the video game we're not gonna like worry too much about the details we're not gonna worry too much about easter eggs just be happy you have it right (laughs) that's kind of the way it was the street fighter movie same like they're happy just seeing ken and ryu kicking and punching on screen like I don't, we don't care if, if uh, the American uh, Guile is played by the uh, muscles from Brussels, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. That doesn't have to make matter. sense. It doesn't have to make sense. They're just on the screen. And they always kind of sucked. And, and it was frustrating. But again, here we are in this world where comic book fans we're sort of in a similar situation in the 90s after the success of Batman and the Ninja Turtles movie. We just started getting all these comic book movies that just weren't very good. And it was frustrating because you had all of these great storylines that just got ignored. Nobody cared. And then all of a sudden, Marvel comes out. And they're like, we're Marvel. We're going to make Marvel movies. So they, they're going to make it as good as they possibly can because they just thought they had one shot with Iron Man and it and they nailed it. And then next thing you know, we have like 30 more Marvel movies and they're just they just print money year after year. And now there's like TV shows on Disney Plus and Netflix and it's just a nonstop machine of movies and TV shows. And I kind of see video games being in a, a similar situation as that. Uh what what do you think about that, Adam? <clears throat> well, I think I think you're right. I think comic book movies really kick that door open but i think what it was is people realized the studios realized that instead of having to create intellectual property that people um would want to come see they could just take stuff people were already familiar with and if they actually made a quality product you could make a lot of money so it was you know you saw the difference of okay fox put together and even i mean the early x-men you know weren't weren't bad but um Mm when you get around to iron man and the threshold for quality is just so much higher all of a sudden the formula starts to kick in where it's like if we make a genre movie with intellectual property that people are familiar with you know if we keep it you know we have a loose framework for storylines it's like and it's a lot of it's already written i mean that's the thing is like okay at least for origin stories, for getting these things off the ground, we kind of already have a story everybody wants to see. If we do that well, we're just going to make a crap ton of money. And so once that, once that started working and people was like, oh, wow, Marvel's really proving this. Anybody that had an intellectual property that has viability in the market today that wants to put together a quality product, okay, you know, there's money to be made there. And I think that's what people are really seeing is we can't just slap something together because people, you know, people might see it, but combined with the idea that everything has to be a universe, you can't make a Nintendo universe if Mario falls flat. You can't do a Zelda movie. You can't do, you can't build that out if people see this and it's crap and they're like, I I don't want anything to do with it. So you, yeah, you just can't you just can't shoehorn in Zelda no. and Metroid at, in your Mario movie, yeah. and have it make any sense. Like you just can't do that. You you can't phone it in. So it's like okay, if you give the people, 
you know, a quality product. I mean, because really from Marvel, I mean, we're in, you know, people are just now really complaining about Marvel and we're 30 plus movies in. And it's like, and it's <laughs> right. It's not unfair criticism, but it's like at the same time, it's like, okay, guys, as an audience, let's take a step back and say they just kept feeding us the same thing and we were eating it up. I was like, you know, that could only last for so long. And they got a little greedy. They diversified too much, made too many shows, you know, put, you know, put too many things together. But it's like, okay, there is, you kind of bring that focus back because, you know, Star Wars is kind of, or yeah, Star Wars has kind of done the same thing. They've diversified so much that, you know, you, you start to lose a little bit of, of the quality. And so people start to get a little bit tired of the property. But it's like, okay, if you rein it back in, and you you have something that people are familiar with, <clears throat> then that that it works. You know, you you'll put you'll put people in seats in a movie theater. You know, weekend after weekend, and make some real money. Exactly. And this this movie really caught my attention. I I was watching. I knew it was coming out. And I I think I knew that Blumhouse was involved, which is always a good thing. They tend to Blumhouse and A twenty four. I mean, we're we're kind of in a golden age of really good horror movies. Really, uh, just quality horror movies and not just slashers. To I mean, we still have the franchise slasher movies coming out. That that's not ended. But I mean, this movie cost only twenty million dollars to make, and it earned seventy eight million dollars in the u.s over the weekend and 130 worldwide that's huge that's pre- that's pretty impressive that's, i'm not gonna lie that is an insane uh profit like they movies like indiana jones with like, these ginormous budgets will never make their money back or or if they do it, it'll be in ways that we just don't understand yeah this movie is already paid for. Like they could pay for the next couple of Freddy movies if they keep the budget down, which, you know, I don't know how many more of these Freddy movies they could do. I know there's a lot of games and one thing I wanted to, uh, it was important to me and I'm glad we were able to do it is, uh, we're going to have a third, like a, a special guest on the show tonight. Uh, my son, Logan, who is 12 going on 13, and he is exactly who this movie was marketed for. And when we went to see the Gran Turismo movie, they had the trailer, and I looked at Logan, and we, he looked at me, and I was like, do you want to see that? And he was just like, yes, very much I want to see that. And we went and saw it Friday night, and it was just like the perfect uh, way to see a movie like this with a full theater. I had an inkling of how successful the movie was going to be because I was I wanted to get tickets ahead of time, and a week ahead of time, I, I went and I went to buy tickets online, and they were already almost sold out, which is a great sign. That's pretty you know? wild. That that's pretty wild. And so we we got one of the only two uh, tickets together, seats together, uh, for that particular show. And we showed up, and, you know, like, the, the crowd was great. And, uh, you know, this was like, uh, well, I'll go ahead and bring him on. Say say hey, Logan. Hey. Logan, what what did you – so you're a gamer. You're a huge gamer. You spend a lot of time playing games. Not Freddy's, 
but other games, you consider yourself a gamer. Like, I do. Yeah. I consider myself a gamer. Right, and you're not a fan of horror movies. You don't. You don't really care for them, but. You know, this was like the perfect movie for you. A PG-13 movie. About a video game about that video. I've heard of before and right. watched many videos about. Right. <laughs> and you, what was your reaction to this movie after you saw it? Like, what what was going through your head? I went into it with low expectations, but I came out like, like, like super shocked at how good it was. Because I was expecting like, not like the, like, I didn't know the budget at the time. I thought it was going to be like pretty high considering the animatronics in the movie. Mm. But like you said, $20 million is like really low. That is really low nowadays. Yeah, and making $130 million back is just like unreal. Yeah. Something that you don't see very often, especially with a ga- like a video game movie. Like since it's kind of new and we're like testing out the waters, to see that success, I think we can go some places. You think we could go some places? I could, I could just see things from now, like 20 years from now, games everywhere. It was really funny because, you know, Logan was wanting to do some research on Freddy's. So before we, well, actually, while we were driving to the theater, he was watching some videos about it. So he, he kind of had a little bit of no, uh, I, I went into this movie completely cold. I, I didn't, I just now recently even figured out or understood what, the Five Nights at Freddy's was supposed to be. Um, and, and that kind of came around the same time as when you and I, Adam, saw Willy's Wonderland, which is basically Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Almost exactly. Um, and they're very similar, but like I, I, I was telling you, I was like, this movie, I think if Willy's... But, I mean, the budget for that movie, do you remember what it was, Adam? It, it was low also, but... yeah. Most of it went to Most Cage, of it went to Nick Cage. I'm sure. Yeah, and 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 the and the Camaro. I'm yes. sure. Like they, 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 he's like, I'll do it for a Camaro and ten million and a custom and, pinball. And machine. I get to, and I get to keep the pinball machine. <laughs> and you got to let me do a dance. I'm gonna make up a dance. And he did it all. And that movie was a whole lot of fun. And it was bloody. And I think it was rated R. It had to have been. Yeah. Um, when. Adam, when you when you saw that it was rated PG thirteen, and you saw it too, but you you watched it at home, right? Yes, on, I, on I was Peacock. a home viewer. Yeah, so your experience was probably different than what our experience was with a packed theater. The and, way you, and for that matter, just like a lot of people reacting to what happened on the screen, just like an active audience, it was kind of cool to see. Oh, I know, like every every jump scare, everyone like squealed. Uh, there were cameos of people that I had no idea who they were. And I was like, who is that like uh, Harry Styles or something? Like, who is this kid? <laughs> the the guy at the diner? Yeah, that's no, Pat, I... Pat. And there was also another YouTuber. I'm trying to remember the name. Yeah, he was the cab driver guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple of you. And I love it when they fit YouTubers in. They did the same thing with Gran Turismo. I think it was really smart by bringing in YouTubers and making them part of it because then they can go in and promote it and talk about what a great experience it was making the movie. And uh, the first guy in the diner, he's like a huge Five Nights at Freddy's uh, YouTuber, uh, right? Yeah, very, very yeah. theorist. And I didn't know this, but there's like years and years of lore going back. Nine years, nine years to be exact. And how many games, Logan? I know you. you I think um, you looked it up. I don't, don't, don't count me on this, but I'm guessing. Probably, I think. Somewhere between maybe seven or ten. 
seven to ten games. And then that's not even including like the comic, the comics and stuff like that. Yeah. So there, there's a lot. There's books, I think. Yeah, the and, books also have like tons of lore in it. Yeah, and they, and there were reveals in the movie where people were like, "What?" Also, I found that YouTuber I was trying to explain. It's Corey Kenshin. Who is it? Corey Kenshin. Okay. He's the cab driver. He's the cab driver. Yeah, and those guys held their own. They were decent. Adam, what? How did it play out for you? Like, as as a as as a you know man in your forties or late thirties, and you know you're watching this movie on uh, streaming without your kids. You don't have that same sort of uh, you know atmosphere to kind of heighten things a little bit. How, how did the movie play for you? I, I know you. I think you had like some not really criticisms, but there were some things that kind of frustrated you, but at the same time you're like, but I enjoyed it. Like what, what was kind of like, what was it about the movie? I like, you know, tell me what your experience it was watching it on Peacock and how it played for you. Yeah. uh, It's, uh, I think it's because it's one of those, there's, uh, it's been, it's been a little while since I've watched a horror movie in a theater and, even even a PG thirteen one that is one of my favorite things about the a horror movie is that experience. So you you do miss out on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think especially to one of the things that worked in my favor is because I was going in completely blind to this. Um, I don't I don't know I, like in those moments where there clearly there would have been reveals to things. There's what's nice for me is not feeling left out in that moment like you know looking around people like oh there's something happened here but i have no i I don't have (laughs) a frame of content like what uh, okay i'm like i don't know what's happening clearly something's happening because everyone's responding to it but i don't know so it was it was nice to just kind of you know consume it as the the product that it was and i think because of that like you know in some of what we talked about offline you know i was I, I I understood going into it. I'm not the the core audience for this, and so I was like, I, I could I could appreciate that right off the bat. So that was that kind of tempered how I um, graded the movie. Um, and so it was when I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in. I want to have fun with this. Like I I knew it was like, all right, I'm I'm watching this as part of my 31 Days of Horror. You know, it's a PG-13 movie, so. You know, not that I necessarily feel like that really has to lessen the threshold of your expectations because I feel like they've. Uh, I think for some people that automatically kills it for them. I, I do too, and I think that's wrong. I, I think you can still have a quality horror movie, um, a quality, a quality scary experience. Um, there's a number of films that are out there um, that are PG-13 movies that just don't have you know, the language or the gore or the violence. Exactly. Um, you absolutely can't. And I think they do slip in like one, did they, don't they slip in like one F-bomb in this movie? I think they might. <laughs> like, I think they might have slipped it in out of nowhere. Like, oh, well, there it goes. I don't think they did. Did they not? No, I don't even think they did. Well, that's Maybe. kind of the thing, like, with the unwritten rule. Like, you get one F-bomb in a PG-13 Maybe it's movie. my teenager brain just used to <laughs> listening to those kind of F-bombs that just kind of greased Desensitized to it? Yeah. <laughs> It's being like, oh, that, okay. Just Maybe like you're right, but that's one of those things in my clock. I have a clock in my head, and I'm just waiting for that F-bomb on a PG-13 movie. 
<laughs> they almost always take it. Well, I, well, if you if you consider the A word, then I guess yeah, because whenever he got the medicine, like Cashier was trying to help him out because he couldn't fall asleep. Oh yeah, well, that may, may have been one. Was that their like sort of it? I don't want to say it was like Goosebumps level horror because they're definitely like in in the beginning when you had the one security guard, and he's very comically cartoonish, like running around like. Yes. You know, like, I was a YouTuber, by the way, I think. Was he a YouTuber as well? I think he was. I, I didn't notice it at the time because he changed himself up a lot. Oh, okay. I can't I can't make sure 100%, so don't count me on that, but I think it is. So he may have been a YouTuber as well. Uh, but, you know, they had him in the uh, contraption that also Josh Hutchinson was later in with the uh, spinning. I mean, it was a, it's a cool look. It was a cool looking uh, set piece. And I thought all of the animatronics looked pretty cool, especially with like the eyes, the way they would light up. Oh, uh, the eyes were like the, the number, like that was just perfect. The eyes were amazing. Yeah, those were good scares. You know, like I when it's like dark. Reading off the internet, like people were like, "I hope they don't make the eyes red," because I think blue eyes honestly work better. I mean, you could always use red eyes to show expressions like anger and stuff, but like having them like red to start with didn't really like give the community like a pop. They were like, eh. Oh, is that was that a sticking point? Yeah, I don't know. There's like the queuing has such little like nitpicks, but like Oh, we not- know. <laughs> yeah. A- Adam d- Adam shared with me uh the re- it was a kind of a ridiculous overreaction from this one uh you know, I I'd never heard of him before, but he he was very upset with the movie because of what it wasn't, I think, not really like trying to go into it and a- accept it for what it was. And critics were not really very kind to it. I mean, I see Rotten Tomatoes. Currently, it's sitting at twenty six percent, which is bad. And but Rotten Tomatoes is going to be Rotten Tomatoes. Well, those are that's your critics. The audience score is at eighty nine percent. That's one of the biggest discrepancies I think I've, I can remember. There, there's been big ones in the past, I know, uh, but it's like. It's like you were saying, Adam, you really have to just kind of go, you have to have, you have to check your expectations and look at, look, just take it for what it is and not judge it for what it isn't, right? <laughs> well, because, I mean, when, when you're, when you're looking at your primary demographic, you know, you, you want to tailor it to what's going to be most meaningful to them. And so, like, for me, it's like, if if I'm, you know, even to evaluate my criticisms of the movie, it's mostly just that, okay, there are places where I felt like they could have done, um, you could have made the script more cohesive, you could have taken out the elements that, because to move the story forward, you have to have catalysts at different points that springboard you into whatever the next action is. Like, okay, he, the, you know, Mike has to get cornered you know, kind of mentally and emotionally into accepting this job because it goes against everything that he wants to do. So it has to be he's taking this job against his will. So the consequences of not taking this job have to be bigger than taking it. So you have to you have to build that into what's happening for us to appreciate, okay, he's reluctantly accepting this job. So you have elements in the movie that are going to push the script and the... Uh, uh, the movie through the plot and having watched as many movies as I have horror movies, all, all kinds of movies, you know, there are, you know, there are plausible ways of doing that. And then there's cheap ways of doing it. 
Well, it's one of those things like for me as, you know, as a seasoned, you know, movie watcher, um, there are parts of that that I can look at and say, okay, if you did this or if you did that, and by being able to identify those things, to me, it's like, oh, you could have given me a better product by doing this or doing that. The thing is, it's not meant for me. I'm here to, if I get enjoyment out of it, it's secondary to their their core uh, audience. And so because of that, it's not to say that the core audience isn't a you know a, a discerning audience, like, oh, we can just feed teenagers whatever we want and they won't care. I was like, okay, it's less discerning. And it's when I was like, okay, it, what we want to do is we want to give, you know, kids, because it is, it's, it's kind of that's, I feel like there's a part of this where it's like a Five Nights at Freddy's movie is kind of a, a rite of passage from, from like goosebumps, are you afraid of the dark? Like, ooh, these are kind of spooky. That's kind of creepy, isn't it, too? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, because... It's not a slasher movie. It's not a conjuring. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to keep you up at night, but it is a horror movie. This is a legitimate horror movie. There's horror elements to it. It's classified as a horror movie. It counts. You know, it's like, it's not a gold star mentality. It's like, okay, this is a go between. It's a, it's a, it's a graduation to, okay, you go to five nights at Freddy's and it's like, this is a stepping stone on your way towards appreciating other bigger horror movies projects in your future well for me it's like if you make it through this movie it's like you graduated you know now you can move on to the next step whatever that may be whether it's scream or halloween or you know maybe you're an old soul and you want to go diving into some like classic horror movies and check out those catalogs but it it's like you did it, you know, and, and I was really excited for Logan because this is his first movie. Not first, I think I've seen. I think I think I saw a couple of horror movies before this, but oh, you've seen horror movies without me, then I guess. Well, <laughs> I never took you to you a horror movie. Have you not seen the anime I've been watching? Well, Does anime, that not count? yeah. Oh no, no, <laughs> that Attack on Titan is horrific. Yes, for sure. So the themes are there, and I guess maybe that prepared you a little more. I was really surprised you agreed to go see it, honestly. Uh, and I jumped all over it. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to buy tickets ahead of time. And, you know, it, oh, it's going to be. what happened when we got there, too. Well, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> I almost messed my up. Heart, my heart skipped like two beats in that That moment. was not my fault, okay? I guess we'll, we'll have to talk about it. Uh, so I, I bought the tickets ahead of time on Fandango like I normally do. And as we're walking in, I'm pulling up the uh, part of the app where you get the confirmation code. And the movie that it had me, uh, the, the tickets that it had for me was this movie I'd never even heard of. It was like uh, something dark. I don't know. It was not anything I've never heard of. And so, it like, had, what, so how is this related to Five Nights at Freddy's again? Not at all. Not at all. So like I go in there, and I knew. So here's, here was my, it's like I got a head start on the horror, honestly. I knew in my head that if I bought the tickets a week ago and they were almost sold out, there was no way that we were going to get in. I'm thinking, well, they probably have other showings every 30 minutes. Maybe we can get into one of those. Uh, the way it worked out incredibly was the girl uh, who I decided to talk to about it, just hoping that maybe there was something they could do for me. Uh, she ends up giving me uh, tickets to sit in the uh, – so like the handicap row, they have uh, – I guess seats they sell for people who are not handicapped that can sit with 
uh, handicaps. So like we got two of those, and it just worked out. Like they didn't, they hadn't sold them yet, and we would have got up and moved if like they needed us to. But we just got lucky, and so we got to enjoy it. So like right off the bat, it almost got ruined. But uh, we got saved. We got saved. We got saved. And you know, we would have just come home and watched it on. Peacock. It wasn't probably. like the end of the world or anything. We could have. No, it wasn't been the end of the world, but I would have been disappointed because we would, we had a great time and it was a great audience. The interaction was perfect. It that it wasn't so much I wanted to watch the movie with you, like I wanted you to be in the theater with the a horror, screen. like a packed crowd. That's the way to see a horror movie. That's the way to see a comedy. You want to go to the theaters packed. You know, because it just elevates it so much. Because when you're, like, in a room with a bunch of packed goofballs, then it just makes it that much better. Yeah, and they're just screaming and squealing. And, they're, you know, there they were definitely uh, kids there younger that, looking than you. Oh, my. I saw a five-year-old in there. <laughs> Maybe four, actually. And he was, like, rocking the whole, like, Five Minutes of Freddy's merch. And I yeah, was that kid looked that. tough. Like, he looked like a tough kid. Like, he could just – you wouldn't want to mess with him. Uh, you, you know, like, what I'm, like some... there was a kid that came in with like a Five Nights at Freddy's like plushie. He had everything. He was dripped out. He was ready to go. He, he had was. the Five Nights at Freddy's blanket. He was ready. Which is why I know they made a good call with the the PG thirteen. Sometimes the movie fan in me, uh, you know, like what, I remember like movies like Predator. It's like, oh, you can't make a Predator movie that's not rated R. I won't even go see it. You know, and maybe maybe it is worse. Maybe it isn't, but. By making it PG thirteen, more people can see it, and that's just or maybe just like they're not as intimidated to see it because it feels like their their age group is able to see it. Yeah, but back to my original point, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about taking your kid to see it, who is about twelve, thirteen, or maybe even ten, I think you're probably okay to do it. None of the kills, first of all, yes, there are kill scenes, but they're they're like kind of like look away and then there's it's not a splatter of blood <laughs> yeah so it it's not and and there's no um like another trope of horror movies it's like you got like teenagers like you know getting frisky or whatever like there's none of that it Actually, it's just animatronics killer animatronics in a in a chuck e cheese like place and, it, and none of it really makes any sense but it is a fun movie um Talking about the uh, plot of the movie real quick, I'm just going to try and do a, a brief. Oh, yes, Logan. Uh, let me let me let me give you a quick breakdown. We okay. Have our, we have our main character. It, um, don't fact check me on this, but he in this character is supposed to be like the person, the employee, the employee that like works at the um pizza place in the game. Yeah. I forgot what his name is. It was like Mike something. Mm. Um, William something or yeah. other. The Yellow Rabbit. Oh, you have the thing pulled up right right there. It's the guy in the middle of the picture. Uh, you talking about this guy? Yeah. Oh, Josh Hutchins, Hutcherson. Yeah, Josh Hutchins is like the main character. Yeah. The whole plot is that th he um. He, uh, he's basically alone. He's um, the oldest child of his family, mm -hmm. and he, um, his little and his little sister are living together, and we start off the movie with like um, obviously like the the guy running away from the animatronics. And we cut to we, then we cut to the six a.m. timer, which is a reference to the game. If you didn't know that, and we no, we, I didn't know that. And basically, we wake up. He goes to his job. He ends up getting fired because of a trauma that he had because his little brother got like when it, when he was a kid, his little brother got uh, abducted by somebody when he wasn't paying attention. 
when his parents told him to go pay attention and uh, look after his brother. Yeah, and he was carrying that guilt with him for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, and then he like attacked the person in the mall, which is how he got because he thought the person, the kid, got like kidnapped or something. Yeah, I actually liked the way that played out because yeah, you kind of didn't understand it why he reacted so, uh, you know, uh, viciously. Yeah. You know, he was he wailed on that kid's dad, and uh, and then they kind of I kind of like how they unfolded the whole. Uh, dream sequence part of the movie. Then he's like, he he needs a place to work because he's had a record of like these things happening to him, and they're all related to that one dream that he has every night. Yeah. And then he ends up going. Th- there's one job left for him, and it's him working at the pizza place, Five Nights at Freddy's Pizzeria, something like that around those. And then he goes to the uh, right off the bat when he walks in, the place is like, re- you can already tell this place has been sitting with like nobody taking care of it for like, I mean it was in like okay condition but not like it you could tell it hadn't been clean in like 20 years but anyways yeah off, off the bat creepy vibes and he goes into the um employee and staff room and just for a little uh, i want to geek out a little bit here everything in that room at most of the items in that room are in the game whenever you're playing as that character like from the empty cup from to the mod the exact same monitor with the same uh, colored keybinds mm-hmm. same same computer I'm pretty sure the balloon the balloon man well, oh yeah balloon we're not even getting the balloon boy balloon boy <laughs> he opens the locker to like the stuff that he's supposed to get and his balloon boy there like if you know you know if that you was know. sort of like your jump scare moment <laughs> yeah that's that's for both the gamer jump scare. like everybody screamed when they saw balloon boy because we all know the terror if you've ever played the game before and anyways yeah back to the storyline. He goes to sleep and has that dream where his brother gets abducted. But it's this time it's different. He ends up seeing these five kids, which at the time we don't know who they are. And then he wakes up, and that's like the end of the first night. The next day he comes back, has the same dream again. Then he, tr- instead of like, this time he he asked, tried to ask where, um, if he saw the person who abducted um, his his brother, his little brother. And they and he tried chasing after one this time, and then he tripped and woke up, and everything just started going haywire. Like all the all the electricity was flickering and stuff. He ended up just turning off the power box and turning back on. And everything went back to normal. But what was weird is where the person, um, he tried um catching up the Foxy, or the kid that was playing as Foxy, and when he got injured, it he woke up with that injury in the same place, which at the time doesn't really make sense, but it makes sense later. Anyways, third night, we meet this girl named Vanessa. She'll play an important role later, but she, as we know her right now, she's just a security guard with the job at Five Nights at Freddy's Pizzeria. And uh, I forgot to mention this, but I think on the second night or first night, um, our ca- main character meets the animatronics, and they're just creepy. <laughs> and then, anyways, back to third night. Um, He had the dream again, and this time he's basically just like... He's going insane at this point because he keeps... He he sees this kid, the, one of the kids, sitting on the ground drawing something with a stick. He a, he's like begging him just to tell him he saw something, and he asked, and he and he just, and he just responded. I don't I don't remember who he responded with, but he responded with something, and then he showed us a picture of a bunny. I'm not gonna get into details who that was, but that's a character from the main game. Then we have the fourth part. Then we had the fourth night, where, um, he's so desperate, he's like asking. What can he do to like convince him that and help him find the person that kidnapped his brother? And he said, if he, he he'll tell him any information he knows if he gives or hit gives him anything he wants. And he ends up saying yes. And then he he immediately regrets because the next night he sees 
his family sitting down having a nice picnic, and his, and it's a different outcome. Like there, nothing ever happened with the kidnapper, and immediately he's like, "Oh, I messed up pretty bad because of what I gave up." Because he, then he sees a picture of um the little girl, or his little uh little sister, and then he immediately regrets it. And by the time he's woken up, it's already too late. Well, hang on a second, Logan. You're you're doing a great job just completely summarizing the whole movie. We should just have Logan come in and summarize the movie for us <laughs> from now on. <laughs> what you're glossing over like maybe maybe you were gonna get there, but the oh, scene just... what did you think about the scene? What did you think about the uh, fort building montage? I thought it was just kinda it was kinda wholesome and kinda creepy at the same time. It kind of made it kind of in a horror way. It sort of took me out of it because I thought, oh, I I guess the animatronics are actually misunderstood. Are they nice? No, the reason they did that is to try and like make they wanted to get close enough. To yeah, so. yeah. So <laughs> I know that for some people that was just like a wow that came out of nowhere. Um, the impromptu yeah, dance party. The impromptu <laughs> dance party. <laughs> it didn't bother me, and people. I, I cannot understate just how well the movie played to the audience. Everything was it just played perfect for the fans of the movie or the of the game. It seemed like, uh, and there were people in the back of the audience just going like, "Oh, you know," like they were so happy that the uh, animatronics were just having this like wholesome playtime. With in the games, you never get that. They always want to kill. With Abby, yeah. <laughs> and it made me think, like, wow, they really did soften this thing. Trust me, that's like not. 13. If you try hugging an animatronic someone in the game, it isn't going to end very well. Yeah, well, you could kind of tell they weren't too fond of Mike. You know, they kind of were looking. Their eyes literally turned yeah, red. They, they were just like, mm-mm, <laughs> mm-mm, get back. There's definitely something amiss. But I, I did enjoy the whole uh, setup of uh, the – it it really is understandable how you could take – a traumatic experience like that. And I don't think I've ever really seen, there have been movies in the past, like Liam Neeson's Taken, where you have like a, kind of like a, an older um, teenager, I guess, abducted. But this kind of like took me back to like the 80s when there was that whole scare about keeping an eye on your kids. And, you know, he's reliving this trauma night in and well, night actually, out. Actually, I think it was in the 80s because he's around 20 and we're set to the 2000s. So it probably was the 80s. Yeah, my sense was that it was probably like the late 80s, early 90s or something. Just from the cars and the clothes and and everything. And we know the movie takes place in the year 2000 and he's being he's older. Um, but, you know, it. I really dug that. It it kind of it laid this foundation of like, okay, I understand Mike's motivation, which a lot of times you don't get in these types of movies. Like, what is it about the human characters? Like, why should we care? They're usually just meat to be slaughtered by the you know the monster. Ooh, dopamine, yeah. But it it kind of ties the hands of the movie a little bit because Josh Hutchinson, it's Peta man. He's a very like liked person. And he was very sympathetic and likable in the movie. And he's just sort of night after night forcing himself because he has the book about dreams. He's trying to learn how to, I guess, focus in on his dreams. And he's just desperately trying to find a detail about that he might have missed, you know, in his head, like hypnosis, perhaps. Even I don't know why I didn't try hypnosis. That might have worked for him better. 
but he's taking these like sleeping pills and he's he's uh he's got the nature sounds on tape he's looking up at the pining for fun visit nebraska like that that cracked me up like every time you know, like no one ever mentions, like no one ever talks about visiting Nebraska. And well, like, where did you buy that poster? <laughs> and if I was going to present you a poster of Nebraska, I would not feature uh, pine trees. That's not no. what Nebraska is. Nebraska is endless no. plains. It's just husks, corn so fields, just corn as corn far fields as you for can days. <laughs> so it's completely no, miscategorized. Not- the nature of tourism in Nebraska. Yeah, they that was like Montana or something when yeah, they I'm were like, showing. No, there won't be any hiking in Nebraska. No. You're like, hey, just just shucking corn, baby. Kind of thought those Rocky long. Mountains would be a little rocky, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it sometimes it's fun to nitpick a movie a little bit, and I'm gonna nitpick it a tad. One of the things that kind of like <laughs> rubbed me weird was just how old were uh, Mike's parents. And, like, because, like, the age of the children just feels all over the place, you know? Yeah. Because they had uh, – so there's Mike, and he's 12 or 13 in the movie, in the, in the flashbacks. And then you have uh, Garrett, who is, what, five, four or five? He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty like he's young. Yeah, probably five. And then, so that happens, and then fast forward, we're going to say at least a decade, and then you got uh, Abby, who is, I don't know, 11, 12, probably like close to Mike's like, when age. When did this happen again? I don't know. And the parents... Secret child? As as um, as um you had said, Logan, you know, he they're by themselves. It was this weird dynamic of... So we know that the mom died... And we know that the dad just wasn't around. He checked out for smokes or took himself out. I don't know. They don't really say specifically. I almost kind of wondered by the end if he was going to be the guy who ends up kidnapping. But that didn't make any sense because he was there. Uh, I, I was looking for a twist of some kind, but he just does not enter the picture at all. And I bet he does. Probably somewhere like deep in the lore. I mean, I think we probably just missed something probably, but you know. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so but well well before you even get to the animatronics and Freddy, like you have this really they spend a lot of time setting up the circumstances for which Mike needs to take this job. And you have that scene with Matthew Lillard, who is a horror vet. You know, most people my age, when they see Matthew Lillard, what do they think of, Adam? First off. Stu from Scream. Scream, exactly. He was one of the killers from Scream. And I haven't seen Matthew Lillard in a long time. So when I saw him, I didn't even place him right away because he looked a little like Daniel Stern to me. <laughs> like he had this sort of beard. And he was playing this like real kind of uh, odd duck type character. And he is kind of weird in, in any way. But I know him from that. And I know him from the crazy dance scene from She's All That, that crazy scene. And 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 Shaggy, I know he voiced Shaggy for some a long time uh, in those Scooby Doo, you know, like straight to video type movies. But here's Matthew Lillard, and he he turns out to be kind of like, you know, it's revealed that he is uh, the one behind all of the uh, kidnappings. Wait, is he? I I don't know about you, but I think that was his dick. Was it? 
Are you thinking that was like a decoy or something? I thought, wait, so wait, that means is that, okay, wait. Well, remember the part when he was talking to Mike, he's like this counselor guy who's trying to help him find work, and he sees his last name, and he kind of goes, oh, your last, like, that's your last name? You know what I'm talking about, Adam? He does like this kind of. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Yeah, he, 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 it's because I think he realized that he abducted his uh, little brother and killed him. And it. It, you would believe that he would that he would then have been one of those animatronics, but I don't think he was, right? Well, no, I think he was actually. What well, was Garrett one of the? Uh, well, I think Garrett in the in the lore. I think well, I don't know. It's very Freddy Krueger like, you know. It's this guy who who preys I don't know on if there little a kids. On killing him. I think he was just like a failed subject. I don't think he was end up using. I don't. I think he just didn't end up making like the final cut for the animatronic. Yeah, I don't know how many children like the guy is like responsible for killing and he kind of like it's not like he gets away with it but the way it ends uh what five or six five or six kids probably something roughly about that because you know those are the four animatronics but oh five because that's foxy and then plus the garrett if he wasn't included i feel like we should talk about these animatronics for a few minutes Oh, There's Freddy, yes. Freddy Fazbear, who Freddy, is the iconic person. Like you just can't really, <laughs> if you don't know who Freddy is going into this, you probably should. He, uh, he's the guy that I recognize from the toys and the video game covers and the T-shirts and. We got the, um, what else we got? We also got uh, uh Bonnie. There's, there's Chica. Chica, yeah, and then Cup, Mr. Cupcake. Mr. Cupcake. <laughs> and I think, and then Foxy. And Foxy. Now I want to say one thing about Foxy. I really love how they paid attention to detail. In the game, he's um he's he's broken down in the game, so he's like not as detailed as the other characters because he's like separated in the like um still broken down kind of section. Mm-hmm. And they I liked how they kept that in the movie because some people don't pay attention to that kind of detail sometimes. So I really appreciated that. Oh, and there were like yeah, there were broken down characters in like the oh, back and those, area, those... and every one like every time they showed one of those like out of commission animatronics, people in the crowd went nuts. Like they were just like, oh my god, it's so and so. Yeah, Logan. Those, those animatronics are uh, all the animatronics. That, most of those animatronics that we saw are the are animatronics that we saw in other games in the future. Oh, I imagine, yeah. Yeah, like baby, baby, baby doll or baby face. She that one is the one that we like, sh- like sh- where she took out the broom and like stuck the thing in it. That was an early design of her. Oh, uh, with the yeah, rib, she, the that, rib thing, which is a really her. weird design. <laughs> those, those, you got to keep in mind, Pizzeria was made. The original idea was. Made up in 1933, so like it okay, of, okay, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the early years. Like, what do you know the about first ever ever appearance of the idea of a bear was a dancing bear. His name wasn't even Freddy at that time. I don't. It, it was the person who made uh, uh, Freddy's Pizzeria wasn't even the person who made that character. He he was a person that witnessed it during like depression and something something something. Okay, depression era times. Yeah, like yeah, nineteen thirties had a lot of depression eras, and anyways, yeah, there was just like Fifty Cent's show at the time. Fifty Cent was like, you got a meal and entertainment, which just brought everybody's joy up in the general. And William, which is the person who made the game, well, not no, no, William, the person who is the person who created uh, Pizzeria, saw that. And he wanted to recreate that, so that's how we ended up getting the pizzeria after mm. like fifty years or something like that. Okay, that's interesting for those for those who are like into the lore and the. And now the, I, the I, I I don't want to be argued that that's not the exact explanation. It's okay. Uh, here on Cinemasters, we play fast and loose with the facts. Absolutely. 
Nobody dared. With a grain of salt. <laughs> Nobody dared challenge us. You don't need to pull out your phones and check. We're we're we're, we're like we're always like seventy five percent sure. So if we get three out of four right, that's not. Too and bad. if you do that's challenge, not too bad. I, I don't care. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and challenge us. That's not right. I don't care. <laughs> all right. All right. So um, let's see if we uh, get things up. Adam, I want to get some more of your uh, ideas about like what you would have done that you to, to make this more like of a cohesive plot. Like what what. As as someone who this was not made for necessarily, but who can appreciate what it was made for, how would you have kept what they had that made it fun for the for the for the viewers and, lo- and fans of the game, but made it like more cohesive like plot? The <clears throat> well, the as there there were a couple elements like uh, the uh, the ant fighting for custody because. Uh, all all of that that that's where things do oh mary stewart masterson yeah, i did not understand the, her character at all that's that's where things i mean like you know your your timelines and things like that matter to like to the to the adult to the people that are watching the movie that like that those kinds of like you would ask questions about like that's when i was like okay i don't know that there's a lot of the the your your primary demographic that are necessarily going to question that because again it's like she that that whole subplot represents you know okay well she hires the people that go and smash up stuff because the thing is we need freddie and the other animatronics to kill some people because outside (laughs) outside of those guys don't i mean and you know and then the security guard at the beginning nobody really gets killed i was like those are those are the throwaway characters that they all die um that was like the execs pa- like panicking like we like the people who make the child's play like show and movie like we gotta have some kills yeah we need we gotta we gotta write into the plot we need some bodies for, like we gotta we gotta drop we don't some want bodies. mike to die and we don't want abby to die and we don't want vanessa to die but somebody, somebody has to die somebody's gotta <laughs> die in this movie person in there. yeah come on now this is a horror movie in comes the random youtuber that really wanted to be in the movie Oh, is that more? Those more YouTubers? I don't. Those? I'm not. I'm not sure. Actually, I don't know. Probably not. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right. We play fast and loose, but yeah. not that fast and loose. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's a good point. Uh, and sometimes, like you do, you just have to write things into the movie to get to justify the the the, the murdering. Well, <laughs> we gotta I, see these guys kill. The- <laughs> the, the, like that's 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 where you get to the point of like okay i i don't have to like okay we're gonna get animatronics gonna kill people stab stab okay that's gonna happen here but it's like as i'm paying attention to the things that are happening i'm like okay wait wait a minute so the aunt wants custody of the little girl but she's just doing that because of the state money it's like this yeah. this kid can't keep a crappy ranch style house on the money that he's getting from the state presumably so I'm like what is what payday do you think you're going I'm like she shows up in a nice car nice clothes like you have money what is it that yeah. you think like so like for that to be the subplot and then for her to be like ha all right here's uh, like I'm going to have a plant on the inside like you I want you to go and cozy up with the family I want you on the inside yeah that was shocking I'm to like, me cuz like the babysitter 
and Mike seemed really friendly. You know, they had a, they seemed to have this really good, nice relationship. Yeah, and, and neighbor like a neighborly relationship. Exactly. You know? And so I was like, okay, so what what is going? So, and then the, the lawyer was just kind of a cartoon. And, oh like, my god, the lawyer! <laughs> and that was, his head was so small. What did they do I don't, to that guy? <laughs> he he was he was just entertaining to look at. It was, he just was like okay, this this guy is here. Like yeah, I mean, it, I almost wish they would have had like, all right, we're in the diner and like somebody plays a song and he jumps up on top of the you know the the countertop and just does a dance and everyone's like, why is he dancing? He's like <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's a goofy like funny a Pennywise dance. We just want him to dance because it's really entertaining. And oh my god, his just the way he looked. Michael P. Sullivan is his name, and he is in other movies that I've seen that I just d- can't place him, even though he has an unlike forgettable yeah, face, you would think. But one of his credits is for Renfield, the uh, Dracula movie that came out recently. Yes, and he's his <laughs> he's credited as Weird Kevin. <laughs> That's like what he's credited Weird Kevin. <laughs> Weird Kevin. I don't and know he's I... also in that Get Out, Get Hard movie with uh, with Kevin Hart and uh, Will Ferrell. And he's credited as Guy and Crowd. <laughs> I could. So wa- this was like his big break. <laughs> I could watch Get Hard again to try and sift through and find him. I don't know if I could sit through. Renfield I, it would be again. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Renfield would Just be a hard guy one in to the watch. crowd. <laughs> but like that that whole but, that whole subplot i was just like okay this this whole i would just you know, cut that out and you know because i i i think you could replace that with somebody coming along just from the state like you have this whole yeah. like she's at school she's kind of a loner and and it would be one of those it would be really easy because in a lot of movies you know if this is a situation where it's like okay it's already kind of a weird thing that you know she's living with her older brother and he's kind of struggling to put things together it's like to have the state come in and like hey why don't we find your like you could still be connected to her like you could yeah but like that because that would provide an equal amount of pressure because that's the whole thing is like the pressure to get a job comes that's again another one of those catalysts is like all right you know hey if you don't get you know buckled out and get your act together you know, you're, oh, this evil aunt is going to take your, your sister. It's like, okay, rewrite that because that's just, uh, unless that's part yeah, of the Yeah, they could have easily had just like a social worker or something. Yeah, something who that is like overstepping, like a really aggressive overstepping. Yeah. Someone who you wouldn't mind getting mangled, you know, seeing get mangled. And like they catch wind that, you know, he takes her to this like old abandoned where like security job. Yeah. So they just pop in to check on it, and you know, like they're not there for some reason. You write in, and then like the the animatronics come alive. Yeah. And it would be fun to watch him die because you know that they're trying to take away. Yeah. Abby exactly. From Mike. You know, and it would make more sense. <laughs> Those are like the little nitpicks that I can see some people looking at and going. Uh, like, did they even try? Logan, you... Oh, um, yeah, so since it's clo- it's pretty late, re- we're recording this, uh, I wanted to get Logan in, but I think now's a good time for him to just go ahead and, and exit his way out, and then Adam, you and I can wrap things up. But, man, it's it was a fun experience going to the movie and checking that out with you and having fun, 
and just seeing you like you were just so into the movie and you you just were so happy and this is the movie you're who the movie was made for and it it's a it's definitely apparent to see how well the movie is doing that it's doing something right with an audience score of 89%. Final thoughts, Logan, about the movie. Final thoughts. Uh, 100% would recommend, especially if you like the franchise. And uh, I really generally don't have any complaints. Of course, I'm going to have some bias because it should, I, I have some prior knowledge about it and I just like the franchise in general. But as like an overall thing, if I had to rate it out of 10, I would give it like a solid 8 out of 10. Eight out of ten. Wow, that's not bad. Nice. And are you in for the sequel whenever that happens? Oh, 100%. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see some stuff like with a uh, security breach. That would be cool. Like having Gregory and stuff. That, I think mm-hmm. that would, I think I think we could work with that really well. Right on. So do you think Mike will be in the sequel or will it be a different um, security guard? Well, Mike is supposed to be a character. It's like the older brother in the game. Yeah. I don't know. I think they would have to fit him in somewhere. Maybe as a different role or different character. Well, horror movies in general don't typically roll over. But to answer your character, uh, yeah. to answer your question, probably yes. You think he'll be in it? Okay. Yeah. It would be weird if he weren't at least mentioned in it or. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Like we just cop new characters. I mean, we could do that, but after like one movie. All right. Well, Logan, good job, man. Thanks for being on the show, and uh, we hope to have you uh, again, maybe in a because they'll probably bring one out for next Halloween or something. <laughs> maybe I'll be we there. could. I'll be there. You'll be there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, buddy. All right. See ya. All right. Adam, uh, as, as, as Logan exits, uh, you and I can take it home, and we can speak to it from the adult perspective. Yes. <laughs> More. Um, yeah, that's, that, was, that was fun. That was neat. I liked having Logan in on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, yeah, very cool. Very fun for me as, like, a quote-unquote rad dad. Rad dad. Uh, someone... Movies mean a lot to obviously, and to to see your kid sort of grow into that, uh, you know, like maturing into just movies that aren't cartoons and things like that is neat. And there's definitely things we could nitpick about the movie, and I don't want to do that too much, because uh, I think it is kind of like great for what it is, you know. Yeah, I, it's a good starter horror movie for your kids to get into, and not. And not be traumatized by. <laughs> yeah, and because honestly, like I don't have, I don't have a lot of nitpicks. Uh, like there, I mean, there's, uh, I did, I, I do, <laughs> I do. So my favorite line in the entire movie is <laughs> at the, uh, I I don't remember what what night it was at the end of maybe it was the third or fourth night. It was one of the nights where he brings yeah. his he brings Abby with him. And I think yeah. I think it was I think it was after they had their fun building a fort and doing the dance, whatever. Because uh, uh, they're they were out in the parking lot and they were all leaving. It was still pitch black. I was like, "But the night's not like why are they leaving? He's uh, everyone's going home, but it's like it's still the middle of the night. He's still supposed to be there, right? Right. But whatever the case was, she's like, she just comes over and gets really serious. Like, uh, I like you, Mike, but if you bring Abby back here again. I will shoot you. I will shoot you. <laughs> she really hits that note hard, and I was like, I, "Like you do it," and I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. I will shoot you. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. Whoa, let's that's a talk little... about the Vanessa character because she we haven't much up to this point. She shows up um, as a cop whose beat 
you know, like Freddy's is just on her beat. And that's kind of how she introduces herself. She, from the beginning, I knew something was, something has to be up with Vanessa. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't make sense that she would be always be showing up at Freddy's. And she seems so normal, right? Yeah. For the most part. She Yeah, for the most part. And, you know, every night she ends up showing up and she does show. And she seemed to be like totally in to Abby and these like, you know, like hanging out. But they're, they're, she's, she's keeping an eye on it. And I guess like she kind of sees where it's going, and then I don't know if that point of the, of the that third night or fortnight or whatever she starts developing feelings. I don't know if her like Abby or Mike or both. She's kind of digging both of them, um, but like her character, it was just really weird. I don't want to say like her acting was bad, but it just didn't seem to fit uh, Mike and his. You know, like Josh Hutcherson, who really I thought was excellent in this. Honestly, oh, he—I mean, he was—he really—he's great. I mean, he—he he perfectly played that sort of. Uh, lots of bad things have happened to me, and I'm, but I'm still a nice guy, and I'm still trying hard, and I know I'm not perfect. And he has like these interactions with Abby that sometimes feels very sort of maternal, and parental. And then there are other times where, like, that you can kind of buy that they would be siblings. Like, they're just sort of playful with one another. And he's not like, you know, like, I'm your father, you know? Like, they yeah. don't have, like, any of those types of arguments. But I did find it very cute when, you know, she's doing her drawings and she has... Well, we find out that she's having conversations with the uh, children uh, of they were... Which I don't really understand. There- <laughs> There's a supernatural sort of slant going on here i guess there's there's a uh, lot of stuff that's just kind of like it's here it's just sort of in the ether yeah you know? it's, it's just, like, just out there because like that's uh, i think that like it, it's it's when i was like it's not necessarily that i want to nitpick the movie they've just presented yeah. so many pieces of information <laughs> but it's just like but yeah why is like okay so all right so mike was how old at what point and he had a brother because i'm like in reality because i had to go and look it up uh josh hutcherson is 31 years old and yeah okay i i was thinking he might even be even older but and he he okay, can pl- he can play younger i mean he can he can get away with playing in his 20s so it's not i mean that that's that's still okay but it's like the the girl that plays abby is eight um Piper Rubio. Yeah. And so yeah. that's when I was like, okay, so that's, you know, that's a a decent, I mean, that's a 23 year age gap. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It didn't make any sense. And, and it's one of those, it's like, okay, it's just like, it's, it's one of those things. Like there's so many things that are just kind of counterintuitive. I think that's the problem is like, there's so many elements of things that they put forth that are like, well, that just doesn't, that wouldn't ever make sense. Right. I mean, it's what I was like. And they want you. I'm sure they're like, please don't just question it. Yeah. Right? Like, just, just, just they're like, yeah, just don't ask it. us any questions about any parts. Because it's what we I'm, got Josh Hutcherson in this movie, and we just need you all to, like, just watch They should have had just, him shave or something. Yeah. So shave, just watch. Just not have a beard. Can you just do us a favor and, like, just watch it and just not, like, just do that? Just do the watching part. And because it's, it, it is at the end of the movie, you're like, okay, okay. So. The guy who kidnapped. Hey, Josh, could you put on this like big city greens T-shirt? 
maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like Power Rangers. We gotta we gotta young you down. We a gotta bit. really skew your age here, man. Like, hey, could you <laughs> could you maybe color some pictures too and like get action yeah. things? <laughs> Could you rollerblade everywhere? We're gonna. You don't drive. You're not of legal age. <laughs> Can you skateboard to, drive. to work? Yeah. Um, Do like a Marty McFly and ride on yeah, the bumpers. Sort of like, <laughs> could you still be in high school? Maybe is that would that work? Can can that be? It would have worked. It wouldn't. At least I would have. I would have looked at him and going like, okay, and I see like crow's feet in his eye. He does not. Anyways, whatever. Well, because because <laughs> again, it's it's kind of like the thing is it's kind of a house of cards. Because like okay, for Mike to be her legal guardian, it's like okay, mom, they they get you finally get just like oh yeah, my mom died. I was like okay, right. at what point did she pass away? Because like okay, so Garrett would have been this age. At what point did mom and dad have Abby? Because it kind of feels like after Garrett gets kidnapped, the family kind of falls apart. But not enough That's to where the, we. Did. That was the impression that they gave us. Yeah. After the kidnapping, uh, they fall into a deep depression. Basically, the mom dies. Probably, I guess, just a broken heart, and the dad can't handle it, and he bails. So, so because uh, it's it's one of those. I'm like, okay, I, there's just. I mean, because it, it is. It's not even necessarily get into like to really nitpick um, because there's something like I could be goofy about. It. I was like, okay, I don't understand why if they're gone. Like, because it's uh, like they could have had the dad marry again and they had a kid together. Yeah. And then he died, too. Like, they could have just like there's it wouldn't have been hard if they just had another draft of the script. There's more plausible ways to make this happen. And I just like I think that was because, again, once you add in the Vanessa character and you start understanding more like, okay, it's like you're like. Why is she hanging out at Freddy's like every night? Like she's a cop. And like okay, I get that she's she's in the mix. She's part. It's of a the story. small town, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, um, but it, like because you you kind of want to be like yeah, there were um, there were four murders. Is anyone gonna solve those? Because I feel like if Freddy's is on your beat, <laughs> you might be responsible for solving the four murders that happened here. Well, those cases went cold. It's been a while. Because, because again, like she comes to Mike, and not not for nothing, but like the killer is still around. Yeah, she <laughs> she comes to Mike and she's like, "Hey, I found your pills," and she's upset with him. It's like, okay, so clearly someone broke in to Freddy's, yeah. trashed it. You don't seem concerned about that at all, right? You're more concerned, like, "Hey, don't Mike, you fall asleep on the job? Like, are you sleeping? <laughs> you might lose this job. Do you understand?" If you're sleeping, right, you might lose this job. I mean, from her pers- from from her perspective, that's the way the movie plays. It's, I mean, yes, I, 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 I mean, I don't guess I need to spoil the ending. It, it's not like a well earned spoiler. No, necessarily. Uh, and I think <laughs> I, I like your. You were like, I take it that the that was supposed to be like a big reveal. <laughs> well, because I mean, it's one of those things. It, like again, like I, I mean, I can't help it. As like. As soon as I noticed him being weird in the whole thing and the interview, right. and I put that together with what jo- what uh, Mike was trying to do, I was like, oh, okay, so he's the, yeah, okay, that makes sense. He's and- at least the same guy as the cowboy guy from Willy's Wonderland, yeah. who is knowingly yeah. part of this uh, agreement of the townspeople, like the sheriff yeah. and him. And they just feed the building 
or the animatronics like to these sacrifices that makes more sense at least because i was, <laughs> was i mean dumb i, I was but it makes sense at least i was probably about maybe 30 minutes into it because it was when i was like i didn't realize there was a thing for me to figure out but it was like right. once i realized like okay there's a thing for me to figure out i was like i was about 30 minutes in because i was i was texting because lance another friend of ours from work who he had seen it the night mm. before i texted him was like okay mm. so Matthew Lillard is this guy. He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. I just want to like, I figured that much, <laughs> but like, I just wanted to make sure, cause, right? Because because then then you get to the point where it's like the other reveal with Vanessa being has is like, okay, but are, so are you are you a real cop or no? Because I feel like if you're that's what I was saying, I couldn't figure it out. Is she pretending to be a cop? Did she get a cruiser and a uniform? I mean, everything she had seemed like, like, sh did she kill a cop? That, that's <laughs> like, it's like, there's, I think those are the kinds of things where it's like, okay, I, I like, again, it's not me trying to nitpick this movie because I just want it to fail. It's one of those things like, it's you, like the movie's daring us you're to giving me it. pieces of information that I'm trying to add, like this fits into the story, but I'm like, where do I put this in the story? Is she a real, right. so if she's a real cop, but she knows that her dad kidnapped children in the eighties, right? And it's like, and did he like? So he just stopped. I don't. I don't think she's a cop. I think she is pretending to be a cop. I really don't think she's a cop. Although at one point, I feel like she radios back to base. Yeah, I was like, and I was like, I don't know. How, I mean, like, because it's one of those things you kind of be like, okay, I when you see one of those people on the highway that has a decommissioned uh, 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 Crown uh, Vic. Crown Vic, yeah. And you're like, oh, you suck. I was like, I slowed down because I thought you were a real cop. But you got that at a police <laughs> yeah. auction. You even left the mirror thing on the side, you turd. It's like, you see one of those people, <laughs> that's your reaction to it. But it's like, oh, okay. They at least take off the police signs. And like, no, this is yeah. just a regular car now. <laughs> I'm like, she's, yeah. she's got the whole outfit. And she's, yep. you know, taking him to like a police shed to do you know oh you uh, you needed to put bandages on because you were attacked by evil animatronics that i seem to have no problem with uh <laughs> it's it's when i was like okay wait i mean if you try to put yourself in her shoes like yeah she she is the daughter of a killer but it is still her dad and I, it's like it's it appears as though they're trying to make it seem like she's walking this line of protecting the people that are there. But she didn't seem to do that for the other security guards. She's pretty cavalier you know? about like, yeah, nobody ever stays. It's like, because your father is continuously murdering them. <laughs> and, and when Matthew Lillard shows up in the fucking costume, still, like, I guess, like, the costume is sort of robotic. You know, it's like a robotic ex uh, endoskeleton. It, <laughs> and you're in it though, like you're inside. Like, why would you need to be? Like, it doesn't make sense. That, and the shit's like cutting into him and killing that, him. I, I did. I was like, why are there? Why are there the the metal bars that can pierce his kid's, lungs? Like, it doesn't make sense. Why did now, he build his something costume? that Logan was saying was that they were they were actually like bits of children in those costumes still, which I have questions for sure. Like just like rotting pieces or is it just their souls is there like a is there like a a, a sack is like you know they don't show anything they just yeah. show like the security guards strapped to the thing just to kill them not to convert them or anything now i guess supposedly abby would have been 
one of the animatronics. I guess that's sort of the because you know they were like bringing her to yeah. the room with the other animatronics, so she was going to become part of the family, I suppose. Uh, but I don't. There's just lots of confusing things there, about yeah. the movie. You just have to enjoy it for what it is. You just, just really yeah. try to. Like it, okay, all of this a, makes sense. Uh, I'm just gonna. <laughs> yep, I'm with you. Let's just let's just please. I'm poking fun of it just for the fun of poking fun. Don't of Don't give like me this. any more exposition. I can't handle no, any more of the stop story. Trying to do this. Don't give me any more pieces of the story. <laughs> You're not robots. Try any harder than that. There's robots. There's cops. There's yeah. a restaurant. And that's what was fun about Willy's Wonderland is it's just night after night of Nick Cage uh, drinking his coke, yeah, whatever that cola was, and playing pinball, and then just killing a different animatronic. Each and and night. It, with that, it was like, okay, there's Satanists. And they all put their souls inside the animatronics. It's like, okay. Right, right, all right, right. They made a pact with the devil. The devil put them inside the animatronics. That Okay, that all yes. checks out. I'm, that checks out, right? It's it's ridiculous, it's but it's good enough. completely bonkers, <laughs> but we at least have like, okay, inside this one is this guy. Inside this one is that lady. Yeah. That all right. makes it's there's, I wish this was a higher budget because clearly that's just a lady with a foam head on. Um, but... <laughs> Oh, those costumes, the, with, with except for Willie, all looked terrible. They were not good costumes. And, and so that's where it's like, okay. The, the animatronics in, in this movie were pretty good. Top notch. Like, they were, I mean, for $20 million, because yeah. I, I have to imagine that their advertising budget was more than just the standard, like, production budget, you know, uh, doubled over. Like they. Uh, oh, it they, has to have been, yeah. They advertised the crap out of this movie, but it's nice. They did. They really did. I think at the last minute they realized they might have had something. Yeah. And they started pushing it harder. But th this movie was like in one of those like quote unquote development hells for a a number of years. Yeah. And uh, with the success of these other video game adaptations, you know, it just why not put it out? And they finally did. And they just oh my god, did it pay off? Huge. I'm, and uh, I, I really don't see it slowing down for a couple of weeks. Like I think you that's that's another. the that's the one thing the one thing that I'm really curious of, just because, like, you know this this week this coming week we have Halloween, so I I, th I think during the week you could get some you know maybe maybe a little higher than normal um, yeah like Monday and Tuesday attendance in theaters people you know seeing it, uh, but it does make me curious. Just because I know, like, just society-wise, when we wake up on Wednesday morning and it's November 1st, you're going to yeah. have a substantial portion of the population, um, partially myself included. It's like, it's Christmas time now. And it's yeah. like, it's just Christmas it's time, time for the next It's time to turn the page. Months. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> right. I, like, I'm, but, like, in a genuine sense, like, I'm really curious because in my head I was thinking, okay, would it have done better if they would have released it last weekend to get two weekends before Halloween? Or yeah. does putting it right before Halloween really maximize, you know, get the most bang for the buck? It's hard up? to argue where they put it. They, by, I mean, they did by, well. You know, they planned well. I mean, yeah. to have already yeah. made their money back and then some. And then some, yeah. Especially with... An eight, and with an 89% audience score? Yeah. That's good word of mouth. That's I mean, right? I mean Oh, cuz that was that was the thing that I was curious about is you know, you, you, because that primary demographic uh 
are you gonna have because because again it's it's gonna be I, I would imagine it, when you were in the theater especially you know with there probably being a good balance of parents and children you know yeah for anybody that couldn't get to the theater this weekend it was like okay do do the kids drive that again next weekend like okay i oh no i need you like we could watch it on peacock right it, that's that's where i'm curious like but okay. not a lot of people have peacock either yeah if you think about it like it just because it is streaming on peacock doesn't mean that it's going to get a huge audience on peacock i mean we'll never know it's yeah they don't i wish i wish that's things are nowadays but the, i wish that was more of a transparent thing but it's, it's just not gonna be and I think I think those days are numbered anyway. To be honest, with you. I, I hope feel like so. All these streaming services are losing money, and they're just gonna stop making these movies released on just streaming. You know, like they're just gonna stop. Oh, Netflix keeps doing it, but I feel like other ones are stopping now. Well, because because uh, that's that's one of the things. As you know, because I feel like you know we're we're moving into you know kind of coming down off of the strike stuff a lot of a lot of the strike conditions had to do with how the the uh, whole entertainment industry has changed so significantly yeah. because of streaming and right. and that is that is the thing it's like people on streaming services are making theatrical level release movies but they're just mm -hmm. coming out with big stars with, yeah with big names and big budgets i mean like i i, I mean i know i always go back to the ryan reynolds but I'm like six underground. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a Michael Bay directed movie with Ryan Reynolds and a number of other big names. I mean, he did Red Notice with The Rock and Gal Gadot. I mean, yeah, these are theatrical level release movies that are Netflix exclusives. There's a new one coming out that has like uh, Michael Fassbender in it. Oh yeah, and, the, uh, uh, the Killer, I think. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, like, I want to see that. But and yeah, they just they keep doing it, but. And they keep raising their prices, so maybe they will keep doing it. But that's know. that's what's that's what's kind of curious is like, okay, if you put it in theaters, you know, then you have all of these people that know, okay, I want, you know, all right, this is how I'm going to do the business with the theatrical release. But when it comes to the streaming stuff, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get this upfront check from the streaming guys because that was one of the things that I was, you know. I was curious how to interpret the fact that Peacock was releasing it streaming the same day as in theaters. Like, okay, mm -hmm. is this because they... Now, they've done it before. They've done it the yeah. last couple of years with the Halloween movies, so it's not unheard of. No. But I think this was going to be the last one. I really have a feeling yeah, I was going to do it again. I was curious just because this was such a notable intellectual property. This was when I was like, okay, people yeah. know Five Nights at Freddy's. People are familiar yeah. with this. And I feel like to a degree... Not that there's a huge market share for Five Nights at Freddy's stuff, but there's, I feel like just because the merchandising has been so substantial for this movie, because I, I think without Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, like Hot Topic probably would have Oh my gosh, yeah, there's so many ago. like shirts and toys. Yeah, there's, and, you know, just comics. It's, it's, it's the people that are dedicated to this franchise um, have at least enough buying power for the merchandise to be of, of I mean, like, because this, when did Five Nights at Freddy's start? Years ago now, right? I mean, probably like. uh Yeah, it's about nine years yeah, old. Yeah, so, I mean, it's. And they've been cranking out games about one a year, I guess. So, seems. to keep these games going 
and have this whole universe be a thing and then have the ad- yeah. film adaptation of it. And again, I, what I do like about it, going back to what we were initially talking about, is this, I, w- I think we could definitively say, this is another successful video game adaptation Yep. That I mean. That it, I mean. Oh, there's no way you couldn't. You you have to see yeah. it's a success. And so I mean, like financially, it, it just it just goes to show. Okay, there are more of these. Go. I mean, go to yeah. the tentpole properties, and I mean, even I mean, even like you know, not even not even necessarily limit yourself to the things like Sonic and and uh, and Mario and and yeah. those kind of properties. I mean, there are much bigger. I mean. I, I don't know at this point. There like, are a lot of really good indie games with really interesting stories um, I, that you could make them into a movie. I mean, easily. when when I think of when I think about the repeated success of the Mission Impossible franchise, that is really only Mission Impossible kind of in name at this point. It's a franchise of of re, I mean, they're of they're really great movies. They're intensely yeah. good movies, but they they have the the name Mission Impossible. It's just kind of loosely baked into the the thread, and and the fact that Tom right. Cruise is that they're action movies. It's it's a great series of action movies, and so it's one of those things. Like when I think about the success of Mission Impossible, it's when I was like, okay, how easy would it be to build a franchise around Call of Duty, and how much room that oh has gosh. for you yeah, to make like, uh, all kinds of action films under that banner? Yeah like a tom like a tom clancy like there's tom clancy games out there you could make movies out of yeah right i mean exactly but yeah like a call of duty it, it's just ripe for that kind of a style of movie yeah you could have five or six uh call of duty you you get yourself uh, a big name yeah. you can just be in every one of these movies and you know yeah call of duty and like big on top of the poster but it's really just like Fun action movies yeah, starring exactly. it's, it's guy it's, you love. <laughs> it's that name recognition. It's being able to say, here's something that I already appreciate and enjoy. Somebody's taken it and made a movie of it, so I have a new way to consume something I already like. And the simplification of that is still apt. I mean, that's how people are. It's like, oh, I know this. I want I, to, oh, I know the game. I want to watch the movie now. And it's like, you know, uh, there's so, I mean, I, I, one I think I've heard. Oh, it's only natural. I mean, when yeah. I was a kid, I mean, anytime I knew something that I knew, for, like, you know, well, like Transformers, I mean, for example, yeah. that, that was a very popular uh, toy and TV show. And then the movie came out and in 86. That was like a huge deal. You know? yeah. And then other franchises started getting the same treatment. Care Bears, Rainbow Bright, G.I. Joe, like they were all getting their own movies. They None of them succeeded, but it it was cool you know it was neat and and those were very i think true to the to the ip for better or for worse that's like what they were uh but you know it's exciting i i really am a fan of video games and i love seeing these adaptations come around being treated uh with care uh for for being like make it for fans like don't don't just try to cash in on the ip and make everybody mad like the Transformer movies, like frustrates some people, and I, oh, that, that's one point I wanted to make. This movie felt to me very much like the first Transformers movie. You know, I, I saw that it was coming out, and the, the trailers looked good, and Steven Spielberg. It just felt like things were lining up for like a huge successful movie, and it did. 
and I remember seeing it, and it just just the fact that I'm seeing like these life size transformers on the big screen done really well, just that's all the movie had to be. Yeah, I was in love. I didn't care. I was over the moon. It didn't even the movie didn't even have to be all that good. It was it was fine. The like then the later movies came out, and like you started getting numb to it. I hope they don't take the lessons from Transformer and apply it to Freddy's and just start making these awful movies just knowing that people will show up and see it because they will eventually stop. Yeah. Um, as we've seen with the Transformers. Like, okay, okay, okay. Fool us once, fool us twice, fool us six times. Like, we're just going to stop showing up. And by and now now they really seem to be trying a little harder. They just can't get they can't get it going. You know, they just can't get the engine going again. Like, two people have been burned too much. Well, because that's, that's... I hope... That's what happens. I mean, you either, like, you're excited, you know, like, you get the first Five Nights at Freddy's, like, okay, I, I, I've i played the games, now I've seen the movie, uh, there's multiple yeah. ways for me to consume this, is like, you know, because what's going to happen is your core audience is going to continue to grow, too. So, like, yeah. it, you know, in a year or two years. They're going to get older, and they're going to grow out of it. When yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's, like, okay, there's there might still be the nostalgia, but you get a couple more years under your belt and you're a little bit more mature, you start asking some of the same questions. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because again, it's not one of those things is like, I'm nit we're nitpicking at silly little things. It's like, no, I've seen the animatronic grow. Like when, you know, cause there were some decent, really ominous, creepy moments when you yeah. do get really subtle movements. Like one of the, one of the robots moves their heads or, the eyes yeah. just that glows or just opens coming. the eyes. Yeah, it's like yeah, those things. That's were, effective. Those are really effective, good movements, and it was it was nice to see that it was not just they didn't go for just cheap scares. It wasn't yeah. all jump scares. Like okay, you put some real effort into this, and that's what I appreciate. Yeah, it. but it's like when you get into a second, third, or fourth installment of this, and it sounds like they have enough, you know, enough story. And world already built to where you could continue to grow. It's like if you continue to give a, a product that is inferior in quality, you're just you're going to watch it die off. I mean, you're going to get to age yeah. of you know was it uh, age of extinction or the knights of whatever transformer? <laughs> oh God! You know, no, not that one. It's like it's one of those last like, night or whatever the hell. It uh, was. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never really not appreciate like. Optimus Prime riding a dragon or riding a T Rex, yes. like that's just cool. Exactly, it's never gonna it's not be cool. cool. But it's <laughs> exactly. what I was like, is that gonna be enough to get me to come plunk down fifteen bucks and sit in the theater for two After hours? After seven movies, maybe, uh, maybe. you're testing my maybe patience not. here. I was yeah. like, because it's one of those things, like because there's a part of it where like you're excited to have the first one, you're excited to have the second one, but then it's like, okay, give yeah. me something with some substance. Give me like, give me something. With, I hope so. I, so. I hope that, that with the success of this, they'll treat it, and I think they will, because this is Blumhouse, and I think they they one of their like it, it's like Marvel making their Marvel movies. Yeah, you know? they're, they're gonna treat it better. Like Blumhouse, it's like a they make horror movies, they make good horror movies. Sometimes, like thinking horror movies, you can, but this doesn't fit that. Like, it doesn't fit. It's like a junior version of those movies, yeah. and that's fine. But, like you said, when this audience grows up a little bit more, maybe they do start to get a little bit more uh, R rated. Maybe I don't know. You you could Perhaps. you could make you could Perhaps. make the case that you know as as that younger you know because now that you've made the first one, 
you've kind of you you've got this snapshot in time like okay we've captured our core audience so it's like you know we you know you might want to still be continuing to to get younger audiences but if you understand that the snapshot will now kind of continue as the audience grows like okay the kids that were 13 12 13 when the first one came out if the second one comes out in a couple years and the third one comes out a couple years after that you're going to have kids I was like the people that were watching uh, Iron Man in 2008 that are then watching, you know, Endgame in 2018. Uh, you, you're like, uh, okay, this these people grew up a decade with these movies, mm -hmm. so like we still have fans that are brand new to this, but our core audience started with us in 2008. They've matured with right. us a full decade. So it's like as your as your Freddy's crew. You know, you could still have kids coming on board, but it's like your people that were there for this moment when this movie came out, you know, and kind of like, you know, in going to the, like when we were talking about Super Mario from the 80s, you, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, it's like, if you were there, you're our age now. You like, yeah, you could be a kid and you could watch it. Now. Like I have it. My kids can watch yeah. it. They can experience it. But they weren't there when it came out. They weren't right. there when it hit video shelves. They weren't there when it was in and theaters. And I was actually disappointed with it when I saw it too. Like I was a little bit older. Yeah. I I might have been like sixteen, fifteen when it came out. So I was a bit older. Yeah. I had experienced really good movies at that point. So yeah, when it happened, you're just like Nintendo's they went along with this like, this doesn't seem yeah. right you can and they very famously were very upset with the results and did not want to work with anybody for years yeah because of that movie nobody seems to like that movie <laughs> which is too bad I mean like it's because it's one of those like I can like I don't know if it's a compartmentalization or what but it's like I can recognize no it's not a great movie like if you just watch, I'm this... sorry. I meant the people who made it don't seem to like them. Oh movie. yeah, I, they. I know it has its fans. There's. I know that. The yeah, the people like because I've I've watched a number of the, um, the supplemental materials that are on the the British version of it, and they talk. I mean, they talk about like you know yeah we were rewriting the script for this thing literally every day. They were, you know, <laughs> building out sets 15 minutes before yeah. they were filming scenes. Oh, you know, yeah. people were. You're like, oh, you know, you're coming in and you're delivering lines like, no, no, you didn't get the updates. Like, when did the updates happen? Oh, eight minutes ago. And like, yeah. you know, you're getting Dennis Hopper getting pissed off at the at the uh, director because like you, you rewrote oh my it God. three I times. I bet he was just morning. awful to be around. Oh, yeah. He movie. was not pleasant. I mean, <laughs> Bob Hoskins was fantastic, but Dennis yeah. Hopper was by no means uh, pleasant to be around most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But well, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that I'm like that's that's what's nice about Five Nights at Freddy's is like, all right, it's not a perfect movie, but you know, if yeah. you could, you you go into this and you're like, like we were talking about offline, it's like, if you want to get mad at Five Nights at Freddy's, you you weren't who this movie was made for. Like that's yeah, why I'm exactly. like, it, it doesn't it doesn't overtly bug me because twelve year old kids don't care about any of the things that don't make sense to me. It's right, not in their purview. Right. They weren't it, as long as the animatronics look good. Yeah, and they stuff it, fill, and they fill it with like Easter eggs and things to point at, and yell, and get excited about. Exactly, it's a success. It's a success, 
And it's just like Transformers. Like I was going around telling everybody that, that movie's a great movie, even though it was just an okay movie. But the fact that they delivered on the promises, um, you know, was everything to me at the time. So the fans you know, th- like this it. Movie is for the f- it, the fans like it, and that's what matters. The fans like it, and it's made the money. So the studio likes it. Yeah. So the people that In need the, to be exactly. happy about this movie are happy with this movie, very, and that's a good very thing. Happy. That is a good thing. That that just more people to the theaters, more movies like this get made. I think if they're smart, they they put one of these out a year, like Police Academy movies. Like they just got to get on these. I, I mean, really, I, I think I think. In you're fact, right. I wonder if Steve Gutenberg's available. <laughs> like we could just get him I, to be in. I every would love one of to these. see the Goot in. Oh, to be like in that Nick Cage role. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Ah, <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess that that's about all I wanted to say. Yeah. I, I want. I didn't want to. I wanted to get on and talk about this movie. I think every spooktacular we seem to, or, or every year, like we'll jump on a movie that just came out and it's topical and it's not something that's you know been out for years and we can just watch it and enjoy it and talk. This about one was all perfect for that. that. Yeah, this was fun to just just jump in and talk about. And you know, like you know, if, if you're a parent and you're wondering, like, should I take my kid to see this? I think it's okay. Totally. You know, talk to him about it. But and if they seem cool, then you know you take them to see it because I don't think they're going to be necessarily going to have nightmares about it. Um, if they do, don't come after me. But <laughs> it it's pretty tame for a horror movie. Yeah, and it it looks great, and it, it's it's just doing really well. And I I just have a feeling this thing could hit two hundred million before it's all said and done. Uh, I think you're domestically. right domestically domestically not even internationally like, i don't know what it could do internationally i am a little surprised it's doing that well internationally yeah sometimes it's horror movies can be fickle like that but you know everybody's happy the movie's out it's number one and uh it's this is a fun movie to talk about and that's really we'll just leave it at that and the next movie we do will be more of our traditional show uh, i think we got at least a couple more uh, spooktaculars in us, even if we do go past Halloween. I think we do too. Cause, yeah, I just think it's too fun, and we haven't been able to get the shows out as often as we like for re- you know for reasons. And uh, but I, I I think it's my pick for the next one. And I got a fun one to talk about. I'm excited. About I it. really enjoyed it a lot. I think it's one of the better horror movies of the last ten years, and I'm excited to talk about it. And we're gonna we're gonna watch it together and just. And just have fun with it, and that that'll be coming out hopefully pretty soon. Maybe probably not by Halloween, but pretty soon. Yeah, and uh, you know, like we may just do all the Friday the Thirteenth movies too. I don't know, just straight through, <laughs> just do them all back to back to just back, back gonna, to back. We're to gonna back. do a marathon. It is. Yep. We're gonna do like one of those like charity streams, but nobody's getting any money. We're just gonna watch them all back to back to back, and probably go insane in the process. It is not an easy watch. I will give you that. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really fun. Look, if you watch this time of year, especially if you just watch one a night, you probably be okay. You probably won't lose any like, you know, sanity. But if you do try to watch them back to back to back, look out, man, because it's not easy. <laughs> Those all movies I can say is yikes are not meant to be uh, streamed back no. to back to back. <laughs> Jason Voorhees is not meant to be binged. 
Oh, don't binge the Friday the 13th movies. I think you can binge some horror movie franchises just fine. Just not that one. Yeah. And uh, with that, we're just going to go ahead and, 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 and mosey on out. With the uh, with a with a Five Night at Freddy's theme of some kind here, I don't know that it was it's a tough one to pick music for. But there you go. It's been a fun one. Thanks for listening. I've been one of your hosts, Ron Avis, and on behalf of my co-host Adam Peterson, we'll see you next time.